What is going on, coaches and athletes? Welcome back to True Life Sessions. If you don't know me, my name is Michael Hawks, and I have the honor of serving on FCA staff in the Pacific Northwest. And I don't know if you've ever traveled up here to the PNW, but hey, today you're going to get a little glimpse of it as we take a little field trip to the University of Washington and have a chat with collegiate athlete Maria Gray. Maria has played the last couple seasons with UW, but also plays for the Jamaican national team. And she sits down with TLS to share what it is like for her to know that God has chosen her. She shares a little bit about how that love that God has for her and him choosing her changes the way that she views sport entirely and changes the way how she plays on and off the field. She's so wise and I'm so excited for you to hear that conversation. And then after Maria shares, we'll get to hear from J.J. Brill, who is on staff with FCA up here in the PNW as well. We'll get to hear J.J.'s love for March Madness, for one. Uh, two, his love for sharing the gospel with collegiate athletes. And he just gets to share a little bit about his wisdom about what it looks like for coaches and athletes to view sport as a tool. The field, the arena, the coliseum as a mission field, not the end-all be-all. So if you're ready, ready to take notes, ready to learn, let's dive into this episode of True Life Sessions. Well, what's going on, coaches and athletes? Welcome to True Life Sessions, and I want to personally welcome you to UW, University of Washington. We are here. We are in the building. I mean, this is this is it. Like, this is it. This, I'm not going to say that this is my favorite location, cause, <laughs> but I'm a little biased. This is pretty legit. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. pretty legit. We are. Okay. <laughs> well, I have an amazing guest, and I don't want to take any more of the time. I want to let her speak and allow the Lord to speak through her to you. Okay. So, Maria, will you please introduce yourself, what you do here at UW, kind of where yeah. you're at in your life, what sports you play? Yeah. So, my name is Maria, Maria Gray. I actually don't go to UW anymore. <gasps> But they don't know that yet. <laughs> um, I just finished my undergrad this this past fall. Okay. So I'm I graduated in sociology and a minor in Spanish. Super random stuff that I, I don't know if I'll really use. <laughs> Maybe Spanish. Yeah, um, totally. And what else? So I I just finished and right now I'm in a weird in between where I do want to come back to UW. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, kind of fortunately, um, I tore two uh, both my ACLs oh both uh, both of them Yikes. yeah separate times um oh, so no. I have a lot of eligibility left okay so I'm planning on or thinking about praying about coming back in the fall to just play one more last season mm -hmm. right now I'm just training working um kind of enjoying myself yeah. doing a little little ministry as well um and then I also play with the national team for Jamaica so I do get to go back and forth I just uh, came back from a trip and then I'll go again in April to play wow so weird I'm just flex, living my best but okay life. weird <laughs> flex <laughs> weird flex but okay um how was training there versus training here because right now it's raining outside absolutely is it nicer I was there obviously living my best life absolutely <laughs> okay. I was um just getting to walk outside and not have to have to, like a temperature change yeah. you know you walk outside it feels exactly the same as it oh my god inside um so yeah here I'm like raincoat long pants I would be crazy to take off my sweatpants <laughs> when I train here but wow oh, Jamaica is just it was so nice we trained we trained and it's like 10 minutes from the beach so okay. if we had time off we just run and kick it in the sun yeah Wow, so, I'm so jealous. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta recuperate my thoughts. <laughs> I've got so many more questions because, unfortunately, I think you're the first soccer player to be on this podcast. That's very unfortunate. I'm a soccer player. I don't know if to, I know I talk about it a lot. I was a football player, but I was a kicker, so not. You were born for soccer. Yeah, I, I played soccer yeah. originally, and I am just 
so sorry to all of my soccer people in FCA <laughs> that this is the first soccer player that I've What's had on, on here. I know, I know, this is my bad. Um, but, okay, I want to talk more about that, but we got to get into it. We just got to get straight For into sure. it. So how long have you been with FCA? Did you do it here at UW? Did you do it any time before that? Talk a little no, bit about that. I actually was involved with AIA before, okay. so my first like few years, and then just this past year, uh, FCA became more present. And so I was asked to do an internship just uh, in October. Okay. And it was like super last minute. They're like, mm -hmm. some people dropped out. If you're interested, would love to have you. So I just, I said yes. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so now I've been more so involved with FCA, getting to serve with the college ministry a lot more. Um, so I'm kind of a baby. I, I'm getting to know some some things as I go. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Yeah, we're glad I love to have it. you. So in our ministry theme, in the month of March, we're talking about this this idea that you are chosen. Uh, you have everything in Christ, and specifically, Christ has chosen you. Um, I wanted to ask you just a couple questions. Being a soccer player, playing on the biggest stages in the soccer arena, hmm. how does it change the way you play or act on and off the field to know that God has chosen you? Yeah, um, I, when I think of you are chosen, I always think of of uh, the verse and the and even the parable where Jesus is saying like many are called but few are chosen mm -hmm. and so immediately I'm like okay so many people are called but a lot of people reject the invitation mm -hmm. to you know to the banquet yeah um and so when I realized like okay the fact that I know who God is and I think about him all the time and I want to help others know Jesus mm -hmm. means that my very purpose for even playing soccer means that it's for it's a tool and mm -hmm. I always see it as a tool like I benefit because I love soccer, yeah. but God uses it to touch so many people. So mm -hmm. I am chosen, even in my sport, um, to use it as a tool to talk to people. And I'm so blessed to have gone, gone to many nations mm -hmm. um, through soccer. And I meet so many people from other teams, like the Italian team, the little Caribbean team, yeah. the England team, Nash the U.S. team. like, yeah. And I meet so many girls in, through hotels and all these trips and stuff. And at the end of the night, we're talking about God. So wow. I was like, cool to think about how God works like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, soccer's a tool. I'm chosen really to use that mm. to say, hey, Jesus loves you. Um, and even you are here to play soccer, but for a reason. Mm. And it's God's given talent to you. So, so many ways that I can see like, yeah, wow, I think I'm really called to just preach the gospel. Yeah, <laughs> preach the gospel. Through Come soccer. On. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Wow, man, I'm just... Sorry, that's that's amazing. Uh, what I think that you touched on right there that was super amazing, and I, th I think gets undermined a lot in culture, especially like culture Christianity, mm. is this idea of like, God's called me to this and I love it. Yeah. Like I love to play soccer, yeah. but also in partnership with loving to play soccer, I'm also called to love people while I play soccer. Yes. And yeah. almost this like, I think a lot of people think like the life with God is restricting of freedom. Like mm. to live God's way is to live under this like, just you know, prison. prison of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, prison of this. But what you're talking about is something very different. It's like, actually, I'm more free and I come actually more alive yes. when I pair my passion mm. with my love for Jesus. Um, you want to talk just a little bit about that, like where that came from, maybe like in your childhood, like mm. you kind of just like where God kind of connected that for you. Um, as a young person? Yeah, just my, my faith, yeah. coming to my faith. Yeah, I actually grew up Christian. Okay. Um, earliest, yeah, earliest memories I know. We we went to church, mm -hmm. and we weren't, like, I used to hate going to church sometimes yeah. when I was younger, and it's funny to see, like, now I've, like, I can't not be in the house of God yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. which is so funny. Um, and my mom would be the one that would, like, pull the family, mm -hmm. like, drag the family to church. So that was most of my life. Um, and then it didn't come until high school when – 
honestly, I was, I was, uh, my high school like partied a lot at a young mm-hmm. age. So that was kind of what I started to do was I wanted to party. Mm. But even when I did, like I would be under the influence and then God's voice just got louder. Wow. <laughs> it like literally, I remember moments in parties mm-hmm. when I would, God would be just saying like this, you're not meant for this here. Mm. And one person even, he was probably like, you know, way more under the influence than I was. Mm-hmm. And he sat down next to me and he's like, you don't, you don't belong here, Maria. And oh, wow. I was like, you don't know who, what you're, you're yeah. being used by God right now. <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> and, yeah. So it's just stuff like that where he would either speak to me or mm-hmm. through people and to the point I couldn't bear it anymore. And wow. I was like, this is just not my life. I'm mm-hmm. not called to this. And um, so I began to seek God more. And that was like the beginning of an amazing journey to see like, who am I? What's my identity? Mm-hmm. I think God's calling me to help others in the same situation. Um, and even understand like the depth of the kingdom of God. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's so much more to even just like God's love is good, but there's like so many more amazing things that we can discover mm-hmm. about like life and his power and authority and all these amazing things. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that journey. I'm happy for that. Even that one person in yeah. that party to just like yeah. wake up. Miranda. Yeah. yeah. I think what's so beautiful is you're coming right back to the topic that we're talking about is mm. God chose you and he continued to pursue you yes. and continued to Over. call out to you and was like, hey, Over. hey, yep. hey, hey, hey. Hey, and I'm I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Guess what? Still yeah. here. Still love you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that could be really reassuring for a coach or an athlete on the other right, side of the screen yeah. who may be sitting in a life situation or in a season in their life where they're caught up in something or maybe their situation around them doesn't look like God's calling them. But to to for you to speak to them now you being that person mm. that spoke to you speaking to them and saying <laughs> yeah, hey like god you don't belong there mm-hmm. like whoever you are on the other side of the screen like that situation doesn't define you that that Amen. season doesn't yeah. define you like god still chose you and is still choosing you every day yeah. and that's what's so beautiful about the gospel of jesus is i didn't choose him Right. <laughs> I did not choose him. Yeah. You didn't choose him. I was minding my business. Yeah, I was doing my own thing. Like <laughs> yeah. Romans 5, 8 says when I was actually his enemy, mm, yeah, he well. still died for me. Yeah. And like what a beautiful, beautiful testament to, to God's goodness and his grace in your mm-hmm. life. And hopefully for somebody on the other side yeah. of that, that screen, maybe you can just practically talk about that transition in your life. Like, okay, I'm chosen. I'm not meant for that life. What did it look like? And what were some like tips and tools and just things that you did to help move deeper into what God had called you to? Yeah, um, I would say one of the hardest things, but the most important thing for me was understanding that, um, like the earlier verse I mentioned, many are called, but few are chosen, mm-hmm. which means that in the beginning of that time for me, I did have to say, I had to accept the fact that I might be lonely mm-hmm. in this walk. Wow. Um, and the amazing thing about that is, although there are few that are chosen, it's a lot. Like God yeah. will, God will make sure that they locate you. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I did have to like kind of say, like, okay, God, I'm willing to be alone if it means that I'm walking with you. Mm. Um, and then once I made that decision, He sent people to help uplift me and mm-hmm. hold me to that, um, and walk with me in that faith, that faith walk. Um, so yeah, I, I began to seek God more in the Word, and mm-hmm. that's I just had to prioritize the things of God more than even soccer. Like, I was like, wow, sport is my identity. Um, So I was like, is my life revolved around my sport? And is my, um, how I feel and how I affirm myself based on how good I play? Mm. Or is it what God's word is telling Mm -hmm. me? So then like, 
life might be going like this, mm -hmm. but like because of God's word, I'm mm -hmm. like this throughout yeah. those situations. Um, so those are some things I had to accept like separation, mm -hmm. but, but God didn't call us to be connected to the world. Honestly, mm -hmm. he did call us to be separated, but he will put people in your life to be able to walk with you in yeah. that. Um, and then, yeah, seeking God was the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Like learning to love prayer again, mm -hmm. um, just falling in love with his presence. Mm. And it was hard. It takes like, it's more of an acquired taste, but it's, yeah. it's something that yeah. changes yeah. your life. Once you acquire that taste, yeah, it's yeah. like no one can shake you from it. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. do you like olives? No, I don't. <laughs> but until I ate it seven times, it's... <laughs> okay, you know what? Olives are okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're getting yeah. better. They're getting better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think, I think too, like you're preaching to the crowd. Like this is a bunch of athletes we're talking to. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? And what you're saying is the walk of God, the life of God takes practice. Yes. That's like, if you look at Paul's writings in the new Testament, he always relates to an athlete. Mm, He's like, I'm running does, the yeah. race. And uh, at the end of Philippians, he says, I'm going to, he said, please put into practice the things I teach you. Mm. Like even Paul's saying like, Hey, you may try to pick it up right here and just be like, okay, I'm going to change. Right. 180. Here we go. This is it. Mm -hmm. But it just takes so much more than that. Yes. This, these, rededication these like steps one step one yeah. step one step and that encourages me because that's god saying like hey like i'm patient mm. and i'm willing to walk with yes. you in that and even if for a season you are isolated because mm. you're choosing one way when everybody else is choosing the other god's gonna say i'm never gonna leave you and i'm yeah. never gonna forsake you and i think that's that is so good hopefully for somebody to hear that that maybe the holy spirit's speaking into you right now saying it's time for a change. Yeah. It's time for a change. You're chosen. You You're matter chosen. to me. And I want you to live a life that's fully, fully free. And those who are free are free, are free indeed. indeed. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Let's, let's go. go. <laughs> let's go. Okay. So where are you heading? So you're, you're hoping to come back. Uh, are you playing in any big tournaments coming up with Jamaica? I think I know one in off the top of my head, but I want you to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so quick, I guess, the uh, run through what will be coming in the future mm -hmm. is I'll be going back in April, okay. and that will be the second half of uh, the CONCACAF qualifiers. Okay. So this qualifies us for the CONCACAF tournament, which mm -hmm. is when, like, USA, mm -hmm. Mexico, the big teams play. Um, so we play, like, all the small Caribbean teams. Mm -hmm. And then um, we play, uh, actually, who are we playing? Cayman Islands in the DR mm -hmm. in April. And if we end up on the top of that group stage, then we'll go to the big CONCACAF. And then, of course, the top five teams from CONCACAF will go to the biggest tournament, which is the World Cup. Yeah. So Come on, right? That's the goal. That's Wouldn't the goal. Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. man. I, I would be sitting at my house on my couch <laughs> going, yeah, I yeah. that person. Yeah. And I was blessed. We actually went for the first time in 2019. So wow. I got to go to the World oh, Cup. Oh, wow. You got then. to go to the end. Yeah. yeah. It was, oh, my gosh. That was amazing. I got to play against Marta. I played against mm. uh, Sam Kerr. She's mm -hmm. one of the best players currently right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we hope to just do that again. That is yeah. so amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Congratulations. That's sick. As <laughs> a soccer as a soccer guy, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, fan gang? Fan gang. Is that, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever. Okay. But uh, let's just wrap it up. I, I just want you to just share maybe just a word of encouragement to any coach or athlete out there that's just maybe they feel like they need to make a change or yeah. they're trying to understand what does it mean to be chosen. Is there anything you feel like you should tell them that would yeah. encourage them? Yeah, um, definitely I would say that, alluding to what I said in the beginning, is that sport and your your job, your gift, your talent, your skill is a, is a tool. Mm -hmm. um, we're here for a short time on earth. Yeah. And as much as amazing as life is, God, Jesus came to give us abundant mm. life. So he wants us to enjoy it, but to understand that it is a tool to make sure that everyone understands who Jesus is mm -hmm. and we can all you know, be with the Father in the end. Mm -hmm. um, so 
if you're getting caught up in your skill and you're getting caught up and suddenly the thing that God called to be a tool is causing you stress and pain and anxiety, mm-hmm. it's we're switching the the roles of those things mm-hmm. and it should always be like this is for God. So it should always be a blessing to yeah. us. Um should always be something that is uplifting to another person. Mm-hmm. And so allow that, just remind us that this is a tool that God is using. Um, be glorified in it, God. And I always say like, God, as I step on this field, may people see you. Even as I'm playing, may people see you. And I don't know how that's possible, but I know God can do it. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, then, and then that goes into the next thing is like, when it comes to, the, for players, um, when I step on the field, God says that he's given us power and authority, mm. even in the words that we speak. When I step on a field, I've been injured twice, so now I know how to pray. Yeah. I pray differently. I say, God, I cover myself in the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. because I know that that carries a lot of power. Like, mm-hmm. I am protected. For those that have been injured, like, don't fear injury anymore mm-hmm. because God's word says that when we claim it, it can be true. And then we can also dominate even as a player yeah. because— that's just who we are. Yeah. <laughs> we just carry a lot of favor. Yeah. So when I step on the field, I say, Lord, as I step on this field, I'm dominating. Yeah. Um, and so God gives another like level of confidence mm. in that. So I would say those two things. Remember, it's a tool, but also like dominate in that tool. Be the best in that tool because God has called us to be great. And um, we stand out. We, we stand out. If we understand that if Jesus was walking on this earth today mm. and we could see him, he would stand out. For oh, sure. he would. And he's in us. Yeah. So let's stand out, too. Yeah, I love it. that. Yeah. I love that. Think of the term humble beast. Humble like, beast. Yeah, you could be a humble beast. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get it mixed up. Like, Christians ain't like, Christians don't hey, have to like, be. yeah. Like, I'm going to go out there and get it. Oh, yeah. But if I hurt you, I'm going to be like, hey, man. Yeah, get up. You're good. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah. good. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. Coaches and athletes, we are so thankful for you. We are praying for you. And hey, keep your eye open for this chick, okay? She's going to be doing amazing, amazing things. And like she said, the blood of Jesus is on her. And wherever mm. she goes, the God is in her. And that's the same for you. You are chosen, you are loved, and we believe in you. Thank you for joining us today thank you so much for joining us thank you yeah it was awesome yeah Yeah. this is awesome wow thank you so much maria for your wisdom um man i I just love your heart for the lord and your heart for soccer and i'm just so excited to see where god takes you in your journey uh to all the fields all the arenas where you're just carrying the gospel of jesus in your heart um, as you go and play the most beautiful game in all of the land, soccer. So, hey, we're praying for you. But, hey, as I said in the intro, as we move into the second half, I've invited an FCA staff person to really just debrief with what Maria talked about and just her heart and really some of the key things that we think that she said that we can make more practical for coaches and athletes to better apply to their life so that they can, in turn, uh follow Jesus better in their everyday life, um, not compartmentalizing them to a Sunday or a Wednesday night, but how could Jesus become king in all avenues of your life? So I've invited the the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. J.J. Brill. J.J., what's up, dude? How are you? What's going on, Michael? It's good to be here. This is this is awesome. So cool. Um, um, me and J.J. have been on staff together, but we actually just met, I guess, man, a couple months ago, and I feel like we've known each other for, like, ever, so... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Fast brothers. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. So JJ, you just want to like share a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do on FCA staff, because you do have a very specific role uh, on staff with FCA. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. It's uh, crazy. I, I think as we're look, thinking about it, like yeah, we met even just a couple months ago. But if you told me that I'd be here 
sitting with you a year ago, I would have absolutely laughed at you. I would have said, no way, no shot. And uh, God is, has a funny timeline and he's got a great sense of humor, I think. But he's just brought me to a place of surrendering what pride and careerism and a career ladder looks like and into this beautiful space where I feel like I have the greatest job on planet earth. And I would say that there's probably a ton of FCA staff that think that, um, but I get to serve as the collegiate director for the university of Washington and uh, the collegiate programs around the greater Seattle area with a, an amazing team with some incredible partners. And uh, I've just been absolutely blown away at the alignment that God has done and taken place of inner, inner, I guess, connecting um, relationships and desire for discipleship, such a ripe age of what college looks like and figuring out who you are. And then you integrate just something that's the best communicator in the world, which is sport. And uh, here I am sitting here and we're going to be responsible for 20 different D1 teams at UW on their campus, over 700 athletes. And let's not forget the 330 plus staff that we have at the University of Washington. And so my job's incredible. I love my team. And man, it's just, it's such a blessing to be here. So I'm stoked to have this conversation. Yeah, what I love is that nobody can see the joy that is radiating off of JJ's face as he's talking about the passion and the connecting that God has given to him just to be like, hey, I'm calling you to wake up and do this every day. And I could just see that joy just coming off of you, man. And uh, I love to see when somebody's in their lane. You know what I mean? Like in the lane that God has called them to be in. But, I mean, JJ, you're really passionate about a lot of things, okay? <laughs> and we, <True. laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing, but we, we have, we've already talked about this a little bit, but you have a passion for March Madness, I think to a level and a degree that I don't think I've ever seen in my life, in my journey. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that passion, kind of some rituals, some things that you do every single year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is almost an embarrassing, like I told you, or like uh, I recently got married, and this was definitely like the fact that March Madness came up in our vows, um, says something. Um, but I, <laughs> I have this weird obsession with March Madness. I wear the same outfit the first weekend or the first day, um, from the 1995, um, final four, which is the last time that Seattle hosted the final four in the kingdom, rest in peace. Mm. Um, and we, that was, that's the last time that UCLA won, uh, the national championship. So we were, uh, yeah, I think just over the course of years, I kept like writing and Facebook obviously isn't as big right now, but like would write like a, you know, can't wait, can't sleep for March Madness. And then it turned into, you know, twas the night before. And then all of a sudden I started writing like a poem and uh, started writing a poem with the same like style as twas the night before March Madness. So uh, this is the eighth year and skip 2020 um and have have done seven years of writing a poem for all of my 20 plus fans that i have you know mm. i might have a dozen fans so mm. um it, i post it and unashamedly I'm a, I'm a huge fan of march madness okay well i i honestly believe that fca around the globe needs to be graced with this poem so please jj without further ado let us in on twas the night before march madness Man, I this is uh, 
the fact that this is going on airwaves is is either a, a big moment of pride and excitement or probably one of the more embarrassing moments that I ever have to have. So, uh, you know, when Michael's so is asking excited. you to do when when Michael asks you to do something, it's hard to say no. You you can't say no. So you guys are gonna have to indulge us with with this process. As as I'm gonna read you this poem. This was written uh, just the day before. It's it's got to be written an hour before, a couple hours before uh, tip on Thursday because first four games don't count. So here we go. Um, Twas the night before March Madness when all through the land, not a bracket was blemished, not even the most diehard of fans. The stands are set to once again be filled to the brim. No mass, no tests, no fear to keep the stars from reaching the rim. It's three weekends and 10 days of end-to-end -end basketball in sight. Dazzling lights, upsets, and buzzer beaters set to give any one seat a fright. The brackets are set, chock full of blue bloods and new bloods. Will Coach K depart in victory or take a tumble to Tech and their defensive studs? Is it a new era where the Prentice and Zona takes over few in the Zags? Or is it finally time for Gonzaga to break the monkey off the Bulldogs' backs? There's nine in the Big Ten. Let's see if Juwan Howard can keep his punches to him and his big blue men. It's time to set the Netflix Prime and Hulu marathons on pause because there's nothing like a raucous crowd giving Sister Jean one more round of applause. 63 games, 2,520 minutes of basketball to be had, 12s, 5s, and all the upsets that make the casinos go mad. It's back to our temporary roommates, Shaq, Kenny, Chuck, and Ernie in the studio lights as they all exclaim, happy March, happy March Madness to all, and to all a good night. Wow. I mean, just beautiful. Just beautiful. I swear, if you don't, <laughs> if, if, if FCA doesn't work out, bro, I'm sending, I'm sending your work your portfolio to Hallmark, bro. You're on your way. Children's books, here we come. You know what I mean? We've <laughs> uh, got a poor breadth of uh, themes, and yeah. the kids are going to get really burnt out on, yeah. on Christmas poems about <laughs> basketball. So That is so good. Well, real quick, give me your biggest surprises and uh, from March Madness. What are you like most surprised about just with the teams that's going on right now? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, people ask how many brackets I do. I do one one bracket. Uh, I'm a purist, and I'm not there to get a perfect bracket. My job is to enjoy all the madness, um, everything that's happened. So the fact that we have a, a 15 seed in the, in the Sweet 16 in, in St. Peter, that's just amazing. Plus, when you have a mascot like a peacock, then you've you got something going on for your team, and uh, that's, that's huge. Um, you know, Final Four is, is looking good. You know, we're, we're I'm a little little nervous going into this and, and seeing how we're going to come out on the back end. But you know, I live for the buzzer beaters, the OTs, all all of that. That that's that's what I'm all about. So seeing, I think the end of the first weekend, uh, you know, a bunch of overtime games, a bunch of wire to wire games, where you know you're you're seeing Gonzaga on the ropes, Arizona on the ropes. Um, you know, all these teams fighting for it. It's you just you can't beat it. It's competition at its finest. Really can't. You really can't. And you know, by by the you know when we're recording this, we haven't seen the Sweet Sixteen yet, and by the time it comes mm -hmm. out, we'll know the Final Four. So if St. Peter's doesn't make it, we didn't we didn't jinx it or anything. Come on, Peacocks, am I right? Come on, Peacocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go, let's go. We're here for it. always good for us. Always good for a Cinderella showing up. Yes, that is. That's yes. Christine. Okay. Well, now that we've wasted, <laughs> not wasted, now that we've graced the ears of the listeners with 10 minutes of March Madness talk, 
let's move into what we're actually here for, and that's to talk about Maria. I'd love for you to share just yes. your walk with her as a student leader at UW, uh, kind of like when you met her to where you see her now and where she's going, just like the growth and the, the wisdom that you see in her. Yeah, gosh. I mean, where do you start with Maria and like <laughs> seeing you guys share, like you guys even just touched the tip of the iceberg, I feel like, of the depth of her and her spiritual journey where Jesus and the Holy Spirit is just leading her. Um, I remember the first day that I met her was actually like my first day on campus. We did a prayer walk uh, around campus and a couple of our our staff was like, hey, JJ, you need to meet this girl, Maria. She's on the soccer team. And I'm like, anybody that I get to meet and I'm like, oh, hey, Maria, like, you know, kind of dancing on the question of like, where, you know, who's God to you or what's this? And she just starts going off about like what God was doing on these mission trips where she's in Africa and like just the spirit moving in crazy ways. And I was like, oh man, if I, if I spend more time around Rhea, I'm absolutely becoming a better man of God just by simply listening to what God is doing and moving in her life. And so hearing her share has just been incredible. Like her unashamed faith in, you know, her sport, wherever she's at, whether that's uh, at University of Washington, if that's training, if that's with, you know, teammates or another team with the Jamaica team, like it's, it's so cool. And like, we're even seeing that being multiplied onto different campuses where she has a heart and she feels like God's calling her to step onto another college campus, um, you know, Seattle University and, and serving the girls on the soccer team there. And so her heart's just in the right place. And she's just saying like, wherever your feet, feet are at, like she's going for it. So um, Maria is a, a salt leader. She's been an FCA intern. Like she's just doing the full deal meal. So like what, whatever we can do to keep her, retain her for longer, like we're, we're, we're itching for that. <laughs> yeah. You all didn't see it on camera, but uh, me and her had a lot of conversation because she knew, she knew some things about cameras and she knew some things about lighting. And I was like, listen, Maria, like, if the whole Jamaica thing doesn't work out, like we'd love to have you on the PNW team. And I know a guy, you know, I know a guy that could get you on yep. here. So uh, regardless, man, she is just, yeah, she was incredible. I, I love, this is what I love about my job is a lot of times people may want to count out this generation that oh, I don't see this fire for the Lord. I don't see this passion. But what I love about my job is I get to sit down with young people who Mm -hmm. can't help but tell people about their love for Jesus. And Marae was just one of those people. Like, as soon as I sat down and handed her a microphone, I just felt the spirit was like, yeah, be ready. Like, watch out, bro. Yep. <laughs> like, she's she's coming swinging. And uh, I love that about her and love that about my job, just to be able to do that. Um, but was there anything in our conversation that specifically stuck out to you that that you think that we need to just, like, dive in deeper with to help our coaches and athletes better apply? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's so many nuggets that that she was pulling mm -hmm. out, and I think just her her faithfulness and her obedience is huge. And even us just talking about like, man, she's a great teammate to have. Uh, mm. I think that's the most beautiful part is that wherever God's going to put her, is that's where God's going to use her. And I think that's such a great reminder of that that like language that she was just using about really being you know using sport as a tool. And and I think that that's just such a beautiful analogy that we get to look at and say like. And wherever God has us, like, we don't have to have it all figured out and be in the quote unquote church, like using your field of competition as a, as a tool is such a beautiful offering. And so, um, you know, whether she gets a, a long journey with FCA or God's calling her into a corporate space or into the mission field in some other capacity, like that's where God's going to use her. And, and I just, I love that. And so she knows that she's called as an ambassador and 
and, and just that thought of like your sport is a tool, but it's not the end. It's not the end goal. Like it's not the means to the end. And so um, for anyone listening to this, what you can hear out of Maria's voice and, and her heart posture more than anything else is that she's just there to show up and it's exactly where your hands and where your feet are at. And, and just your, your body, mind, soul, like all of that's going out into where God's calling you. And so just, she, she absolutely crushed it. And uh, man, for mm-hmm. those of you guys listening, I wish you guys could just soak in more and more time with Maria. Cause that's, that's where I'm at with her and, and uh, where God's leading her. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think exactly. That's exactly the one thing that stuck out to me was her, her changing the mindset mm-hmm. of instead of trying to get somebody to go to a location to hear somebody on a stage, tell them about Jesus. How could Jesus actually equip me to be that voice on a soccer field? And like, I think that like flips everything up on its head and it's like, yeah, Jesus called 12 mm-hmm. teenage boys to be, Hey, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yep. He's like, hey, you're going to have to go to them. It's not about, hey, everybody come to this thing, like come to this thing. And and I think she's just, she challenged me personally, just as in my, I'm not an athlete anymore, um, but she challenged me so much to be like, Michael, wherever your feet go, like God's calling you to that place. I'm like, okay, so Trader Joe's. I'm, <laughs> I'm walking around Trader <laughs> Joe's and you know what? <laughs> That's where my feet is right now. So this is where God's going to call me. And I think that's that's so encouraging um, and shows me how much God loves me and loves us. And I, I can imagine coaches and athletes on, on the other side of this listening to this like, man, I, I struggle so much with trying to get people to come to something or I don't feel like I'm properly equipped to be able to bring the gospel to them. But, I mean, Scripture says that we have everything we need in Christ Jesus and because we have Christ Jesus, we now have everything we need to be the missionaries that God has called us to. And it's like maybe I think one of the things that stuck out for me is like maybe God's not calling you overseas to a country. Maybe he's calling you to step across the line on your field and say, yes, I'm going to play for Jesus. I'm going to use this as a tool. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what she was hitting on was just like so beautiful of this like if sport becomes your God, watch out. But if sport becomes a tool, like watch out, like God's going to use you big time. And yeah. that was just, that was just so, yeah. so encouraging uh, to me. Um, yeah. When you, when you're walking with, co- like, I mean, you said you, you're, you're hanging out with how I don't forgot the number, but it's a lot of sports teams. Um, what do you see is like such a big mm-hmm. struggle of faith in sport, especially on a D1 campus like you do mm-hmm. in an athlete's heart? Yeah. Man, that's such a great question. And, um, you know, I think like we will always go back to like what identity is and like where we're rooted. Um, but I just see this day and age and like we've all been there in some capacity is like that notion of like, how are we being conformed to the world versus being transformed and like the renewing of our mind in that process. And I, and I just think that the landscape of a, of a college athlete right now, especially around like NIL and sponsorships and this kind of wild, wild west of who am I and I'm going to go get mine is, you know, what does it look like to be the ultimate teammate uh, in a regard of, of following where Jesus is asking you to, to, to go and, and stepping into some of those uncharted territories? And you see a lot of our athletes right now that are starting to ask some really serious questions of themselves of saying, is this what it's all made out to be right now? You know, is there something more? In, in who I am outside of just competing on, on this this day or for this event or everything that I put my life's work into, um, 
there might be something more out there. And so mm-hmm. I love that that's a question. And like, mm-hmm. you know, in Maria's story, like she's she's got that figured out. And I mm-hmm. love that there's some of that processing that's happening, um, almost in a malleable nature that's that's being formed where, where mm-hmm. someone can say like, oh man, there, there's something greater out there that's happening. Because, you know, one thing that I'll just, I'll, I'll add and, and refer back to with Maria is like, you and I both were impacted by her because like we're all, all of us listening to this are competitors in some capacity. Yeah, um, totally. But she was, she was competitive in a degree that wasn't going to challenge you where it's like you're called out and like really like put on your face, but just the way the spirit that she carries before her, you are called out and encouraged. And so mm-hmm. that co- competitive spirit is actually um, like a, an uplifting spirit and not this mm-hmm. putting down spirit where you're like, man, I'm ready to get after it. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm so eager to be seeing more of that transformation that's happening within athletes day in, day out. And, you know, mm-hmm. one-on-one conversations where people are saying, is this, is, is what I'm doing really what it's all about? Or am I actually, do, am I looking towards what Jesus is doing in my life and, and, and transforming my, my heart and my life right now? That's so good. That's so good, bro. And I think, I think what, cause I think a lot of people can look at Murray and be like, okay, like, <laughs> Even me sitting there talking with her, I'm like, bro, I, I'm I'm never gonna have faith like this lady. Like she is, she's on another <laughs> level. Like she is on another level. But what's different about her is she didn't she didn't grind to get there. I think she realized that changing mm-hmm. in her mind, that renewing of her mind, she realized that she was chosen by God for this specific mm-hmm. time, for this specific sport, for this specific arena, whatever it may be. And she like was like, okay, like the God of the universe, the the one who breathed out the stars and also put air in my lungs says, hey, I love you and I've chosen you. Go tell somebody else that I've chosen them and I love them. And I think that's such a that's such a mind shift, because a lot of times, especially in society, it's like, okay, we got to go out and get ours. Just like you were saying, I got to go out and get mine. I got to go out and grind. And if we try to apply that same ideology onto who God is, he's like, well, no, 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 no. I, no, actually, Jesus did all of that. <laughs> and now from this place, you get mm-hmm. to live in full freedom and you could play soccer with a big grin on your face that Mariah, <laughs> Mariah, Mariah has. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I knock people down. And with a big grin, I tell them to get on back up. I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. <laughs> oh, my bad. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Let's get after yeah. it. She's like, I mean, that's, yeah. that's just like, that's such a good like thing here's where like, I mean, if we look at E3 from FCA's model, like, she's already proven that she's mm-hmm. equipped, right? Like before the spirit has done anything in her, she's just like, it's the perspective shift where she's equipped, where she's been given the mm-hmm. gift. And then she's really taken on that, that 30 of like, she's empowered to just go out and use exactly where, where she's set mm-hmm. on the field, on the pitch, or even in training or recovery amidst the setbacks. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I love is that she's equipping and empowering, even when that she's not performing at her best, when she's got all these roadblocks that have been in her way, because all of us have had those setbacks mm-hmm. and just, it's it's absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. what what God's doing in her life. So I'm I'm a number one fan. Well, I don't know if I can be that high, but I'm up there. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. So yes. I think I think yes. practically, um, for our coaches and athletes, they're like, okay, okay. So if I'm chosen, um, I know I'm loved by God. God loves me so much. Now, how does that change my practice on Tuesday? How does that change my practice on Thursday? How does that change my game this weekend? And I think something that we can help draw it in for them is when looking at Maria and Ma's conversation is that she saw that the pitch is what we call in soccer. She saw the field as a place of worship. Like she literally saw like when she when she was walking out there, she's like, okay, 
Like, I'm going to do my best to show the love of Jesus, but I'm also going to play with everything I got because God has given me everything he has. And that, in turn, is worship. And I think a lot of times people get it get it twisted, you know, like, I need to be in this one specific arena. I got to sing these songs. Uh, it's got to be, you know, that four chord progression. You know, it's got to be whatever. It's got to be the bangs, the cymbals. Mm-hmm. But man, when I look at when I look at worship throughout all of Scripture in the narrative of the story of God, it is with the entirety of your life, worship me. And I think that's such a, a beautiful thing. And I think for coaches and athletes, it's like, how do we help them practically see, like, man, practice this week can be worship. Practice this week can be a place to yeah. show the love of God. Like, how how do you think? What are some things that are coming to your mind that you could help tell them to be like, and just encourage them to just take one step in that? Yeah. Man, one step is is uh, narrowing it down to one is is a hard hard yeah, question. Yeah. But I you're love, welcome. Like, I, yeah, exactly. Give me give me the softballs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I, I had the privilege of this past year to be the chaplain for the men's basketball team at UW, and never in a million years would have told that. And I like I myself was asking myself like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, what like why do I have the opportunity and the privilege to speak truth over these guys' lives? And so much of that was that reminder of the posture that every practice or every game that you're stepping out onto the court, the field, the pitch, like the track, whatever that is, that, that arena that you're playing in is that posture of worship. And, and again, we don't want to beat a dead horse, but like that identity statement of understanding who you are as a son or a daughter, um, completely reshapes that thought of like, I've already received an inheritance from a, from an all loving father and that identity identity statement or that, that name that, that the father goes by. And I think that that is just the most beautiful uh, picture or, or thought pattern to hold into a practice or a game or anytime that you're going out into competing. And like you mentioned, Trader Joe's, like, why don't we help hold that same posture going into yeah. that? Like, Man, I talk about Chipotle almost every Monday night at our all-campus huddles. Like I, like every single night. But like, I think it's the most tangible outcome that I can show someone the posture of my identity in the Lord is in the way that I treat the person that's serving me behind, like Amen. the Chipotle line, is is like treating them with a reason. And it doesn't hurt because sometimes they gave me a little extra steak. So I like I'll be honest on that front. But like, <laughs> but Come what on. I'm saying here is like that identity statement that we have is. I have inherited this and I need to carry that posture and that mantle regardless of what, what field or level arena competition that I have. And those basketball guys that I was referring to, like so much was tied up between the box score or the stat sheet or the number of minutes that you had. And it's like, man, if you just look at the identity of who you've been created to be, like none of that truly matters. Like you are so secure in all of those things that you're going to become the best teammate that you can be. And if I can add just like one more thing, like in the Northwest, we, you know, and I think that a lot of different areas will have that language of team, teammate, self. I think that applies really differently, you know, not differently, I guess, similarly to this concept of up, in, and out. If if you are looking up to the Father first and you're receiving everything internally and, and actually looking at the posture inside of you, and that impacts what's happening between your hands and your feet uh, from a level of service that's going out into the mission field, therefore your court, your area of practice, your area of competition, whether you're a coach or a player, like man, like your life is going to start changing a whole lot more when you hold that mentality of team teammate self or up in and out. Like, let's just see what God do, does through that, like progression that we have in, in that mindset, carrying that forward. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good, JJ. And I'll, I'll just end with 
my church, we, we went through kind of our vision series, and we were talking about the identity of a disciple of Jesus. Because, listen, if you follow Jesus, if you call Jesus king— like Jesus is very clear. Like you, there's no like sideline people. Like Jesus is like, oh, if you were a follower of me, yeah. you were a disciple of me. And disciples move. Disciples create movements. Disciples go. They are the hands and feet of Jesus, the ambassadors of Christ that called God has called us to. And one thing that it, in going back to the identity, like we talk about at our church, like identity is made up of these three circles. We love Christianity. Loves the number three, but we love threes. <laughs> um, but it's it's you have to know that you are the beloved of God son, daughter, made in the image of the most high being, king in all of the universe. You are the beloved of him. Like his heart beats for you. Then that feeds into now because of that love and what Jesus has done for me and showing me that I am the beloved on the cross through his death and resurrection. I now become a disciple of Jesus that is now like pushed into this movement of being like my life is now an example. And I think what Maria brought to life is like what we loved being in her presence was she brought to life that scripture where Paul's like, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's what you were talking about, that like pushing where you're like, it wasn't a beaten down, like competitive, but like, man, I want to see Jesus like she does. I'm going to follow her. As she follows Christ, yeah. and then from that disciple, you you go into a temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's like when I'm walking now, I get to mm-hmm. I get to embody the Spirit of God, like which is crazy to me. But yeah. but like throughout all of Scripture, yeah. God's main mission was to reside with His people, to be in community with His people. And because of Jesus, His death, His resurrection, His outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, now we get to carry that that Spirit everywhere that we go. And I think. If a coach or an athlete woke up, they went to practice, they put the whistle on, they put the jersey on, and they firmly believed, like, man, I'm the Imago Day of Jesus. Like, mm. Jesus himself put his fingerprint on me, and now I, like, I'm the beloved. Now I see people like that. So that now, I, now I see people as the Imago Day, and that, that, that fuels my mission so it's like now when I step on my field my court if I jump in the pool if I'm whatever the arena is now it's like man how can I show these people that it isn't all about this like it's not about how fast you run your laps or how did I but it's about knowing your beloved and then that because of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit will move you and I think the best prayer the one thing that I've heard and this is just the last thing that we'll say the best thing that you can pray before any practice any game is Lord I know you're moving show me where you're moving and let me join in and because God said the harvest yeah. is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So what that means is that the Spirit's always at work. Like, He's always doing something. And He ain't just sitting back just yeah. waiting for us to do something. He is constantly restoring the world and everything in creation back to Himself. So, Lord, where are you moving? And let me join in on that. Yeah. And I just, like, I think life's, lives will change. Like, you'll, you'll be the, the beacon of hope that people so are good. longing for. So, J.J., you got any... Uh, Anything to add? Lastly, one last hoorah for our coaches and athletes. Yeah, man, I love I love that posture of that question. I'll just I'll say I'll add one little snippet mm-hmm. of something that I feel like has just encouraged me is um, maintaining that posture of wherever setting you're stepping into every moment, kind of a daily or even a moment by moment prayer is asking the question of God, what do you want me to know about X? Mm-hmm. Or God, what do you want me to show? Or what do you want to show me about X? And I love that Jesus is always finishing his teachings of whoever has eyes to see, let them see. And whoever has ears, let them hear. Mm. So we're maintaining that posture of, Lord, show me and let me hear. 
you understand God's character. And as you get to fall in more and more intimacy with Jesus, you're going to start to say, man, I understand God's character. And that still small voice has become more and more evident of what God wants to show and reveal to you or tell you about each circumstance in competition and outside of competition. And that identity statement in itself of God, what do you want me to know about X? Mm. will just fill up your day and fill up your time. A beautiful, beautiful thing. So man, Michael, thank you so much. This is awesome. Uh, we could probably talk for hours. Yeah. So uh, yeah. thanks for letting me steal a little bit of time. Yeah, totally, JJ, man. It's such an honor to have you. And uh, man, we're just praying for your ministry. And we know that God's going to move and do something amazing on that campus. And uh, go UW, right? Go dogs. Go dogs. Dog. I love to hear. Yeah, let's go. Thank you so much for joining us for True Life Sessions today. I want to give another shout out to JJ and Maria for their wisdom. Thank you both so much for sharing with us today. And coaches and athletes, wherever you're at in the globe today, I hope you feel empowered to look at your arena, coliseum, field, pool, as the mission field in which God has called you to in this season. The passions, the gifts that he has given you are not just for yourself. They're to show off himself to other people. We hope you feel encouraged today and know that FCA is praying for you and we are with you and we cannot wait to see you next month for our next episode of True Life Sessions. We'll see you around FCA.